0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And
1: I'm Abby. And today I'm going to tell you about the death of Stephen Hilder. So pour yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in. We will continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more crime over coffee content by signing up for our patreon you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content to check out this opportunity and sign up for the crime over coffee patreon visit www.patreon.com crime coffee pod thank you again for all of your support In 2003, 20-year-old Stephen Hilder was an officer cadet at the Royal Military College of Science in Shrivenham, Wilshire. He was known as a really loving and supportive and popular person. He was pretty bubbly and he had a lot of friends. He was close with his family and he had actually fell in love with um, skydiving about two years prior to July of 2003. He had done his very first jump and he was obsessed and by this time in 2003 he had jumped over 200 times in different countries in Britain, France, and South Africa. Wow. Yeah that's a lot of times (laughs) over the course of two years you know most people do it no times in their life, but some maybe once or twice, but he absolutely loved it. He was able to start to build a career out of this. As I mentioned, was an army officer cadet, and he he was actually on a team that was leading the field in um, National Youth Championship. And they were very successful. They won a lot of awards. And in July of 2003, He was at a competition and he was on a team with two other members and they were competing in the British Collegiate Parachute Association National Championships, which is a heck of a long name. National skydiving contest was held in, I apologize if I say this incorrectly, at Hilbertstow near Brig in um, Lincolnshire. Also, I definitely misspoke. He was with three other teammates. But anyway, this team, they were known as Black Rain, and they were going to be making a competitive jump. And what happens is they jump out of the plane and all the skydivers are flying, doing these different patterns that kind of interconnect together. And they get more points for the more formations that they do. And so early afternoon, they jump out and they're doing pretty well. And how this works is they jump from about 13,000 feet and in between 13,000 and 4,000 feet is when they perform their tricks. And some of the other people on his team said they knew this was this was going to be a probably a win. It was really great. They were doing a great job. And then at 4,000 feet is when they start to pull their chutes.
0: See, I would never be able to do this. Like, it's giving me anxiety just thinking about falling from that level and then have i am not coordinated enough to walk up and down a set of stairs without falling (laughs) let alone like know that we are four thousand feet off the ground and i need to pull my parachute
1: and i know that they've got
0: like technology and stuff but i would not
1: trust myself at all bizarre i a hundred percent absolutely want to go skydiving but i think i'm planning to do it once and obviously i would have somebody who's you know you're strapped to and they do all the work and i'm just sitting there shitting my pants so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know it's it's so crazy i think about this like you think about the high jumps and all the tricks they do and then like this is just times 10 height wise you know you're ugh, just it's bizarre and it's amazing it really truly is like it probably takes a very special person to be able to pull this off and he was so it's good it's really at it. cool to watch oh yeah. And like I said, he just started this two years prior. He was clearly kind of a natural. He had a love for it. Clearly wasn't that afraid of heights. So as they fall, they when they get to about 4,000 feet, like I said, they pull their chute. Unfortunately, at this point, Stephen's chute did not open. There's a lot of technicalities to this that I'm not going to read through. Um, but basically. The idea is you pull this main canopy shoe and that's what's gonna lower you. And then if this doesn't work, you have a backup one, an emergency one that you can pull. And if you don't pull the emergency one, at a certain point, it'll automatically go off. However, he pulled his emergency one about 2,000 feet. Again though, it did not, it did not come up. And it's at this point that he is now traveling at 120 miles per hour towards the ground without a parachute open. And unfortunately, this does lead to Stephen's death. Something that's, you know, really heart-wrenching about this, this was at an event. A lot of people saw this. I think it was even caught on camera. His dive, I don't think the actual fall was. But pretty instantly when investigators, police get to the scene. They think that it's a murder. It's pretty obvious at this point that his parachute had been deliberately tampered with and that the cords on both his main canopy and his reserve chutes had been cut. Wow. Not to mention, as I said, they're able to tell that he pulled, you know, his original one and the reserve. And so to them, that seemed to be pointing to the fact that he was trying to pull his shoots and it just wasn't working.
0: First off, it's cool that they have technology where they can even determine mm-hmm. exactly what was pulled and they know all of that. But that's...
1: Somebody must have been out for him if that's what they were going for. And that's that's really what they initially thought. And, and the coroner had looked into it and he said that murder could just simply not be ruled out in this situation. Something
0: that I don't know because I... Have no desire to ever take part in this. But is it like you have your own, I assume that each person has their own like parachute, like that's just assigned to them. Like he didn't just grab a random parachute out of like a bin of all of the teammates. Mm-hmm. It's like his. Correct.
1: So okay. um they is at least for this specifically this area, they had like a training facility and they had lockers within it that was typically locked. But during this competition, it was open for people to go in and out of. And they do mention this specifically that it is kind of lax on security. So, in theory, somebody could have maybe gone in there. They do think because of the manner of how it happened and what was cut, it would be someone with the knowledge of what you specifically need to do and need to cut because they had been cut and then clearly refolded back up and put in his pack. So it seems to point to somebody knowing what they're doing that had tampered with this parachute.
0: Well, that's not good for anybody in the area. I feel like that narrows down your suspect pool because sure, there's
1: not going to be a lot of people that know how to do that. And even on top of that, you know, this isn't a very popular sport. There's not a ton of people doing this, so it's pretty tight-knit, and they do think maybe, like, if somebody random had been walking around where their stuff was stored, they would have probably noticed, in theory. From this trail, they start to look into, okay, here's this pool of people that we think could maybe be responsible based on the manner of which it occurred, and the night prior to this competition, they actually had this big dance. I saw a different numbers of how many were there, but there were 78 competitors and there were also fellow jumpers and staff, so we can assume that there was at least 100 people at this party. They do believe that at this point that it's possible that somebody from this party maybe even like snuck away during the party and messed with his parachute or, or at least would maybe somebody at this party would know something. And so they start to interview all these people and try to get some information. But from all accounts, nobody saw anything weird and nobody knew that nobody had known Steven to have any issues with any of his fellow competitors or crewmates or teammates or whatever. He was, like I said, a pretty lovable guy. He was friendly, he was bubbly, and he just never really had any poor interactions with people that anybody knows about. And investigators went as far as to like kind of traced back his life to see if he had some like secret life he was hiding. They said something, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they were looking into um, like gay bars around the area to see if anyone recognized him. Like maybe he was hiding that kind of life and maybe there's something there, but it all comes up with a dead end. They start to kind of reference or look into other cases that are similar to this. There are other instances of people's parachutes being tampered with. One of them I'm not going to get too far into because I think I might cover it later but it did result it was a um can't remember it was a husband or it was a, a partner that actually had messed with his wife's or girlfriend's parachute which resulted in death and they found out that it was him and he got put in jail for it. So it's a pretty interesting case that I haven't looked into a ton, so look out for that. It might come, might come later. I
0: find it interesting that this is something that's happened multiple times.
1: Yeah, there was one that happened in what? Well, there's one that happened in Illinois in 1996, and apparently had recently been featured in the American Skydive magazine. So police were like, maybe they read that and got an idea, whoever the killer might have been. Yeah, that's interesting that it like came out around the same time. And you know, I think they're really just looking for anything. So at this point, they still have really no leads. A little bit later into the inquest into his death, police do bring in two fellow skydivers and um, they're held by police to investigate his death. I see articles where it kind of made it seem like they were arrested. Um, the further I have dug into it, I think they just brought them in for questioning and maybe a little bit of suspicion. I believe they were his fellow teammates. I found some names, but I'm not going to relay them because even though they were, quote, detained on suspicion of murder, the police said they looked into it and they were released and not charged with anything. Additionally, there was a program or a TV show that had prompted, that featured the case that had prompted two phone calls that came in regarding his death. One of them was talking about maybe some type of animosity with Stephen and someone else. That was all we got from it. Um, both of the leads came to nothing, as stated by the police that were investigating this case. By the end of their. <laughs> Um, 10-month inquest, they had interviewed almost 2,500 people and taken nearly 800 written statements. And at this point, they still have nothing that is linking his death to another person. With very little leads into who could have possibly been responsible for Stephen's death, investigators start to kind of look at this other possibility. And it's that Stephen had actually committed suicide.
0: So they're saying that he cut his own cords before he yes, went that's up there? what they're
1: that's okay. what they're okay. looking into. That's a, okay, the Hummerside Police who were looking into this this death, they had found actually DNA on a pair of some orange kitchen scissors that matched. Stevens, and it had no other DNA on it, they found severed parachute straps in his trunk and his car was locked. And they were able to trace that the straps and the fabric matched his parachute. And it's at this point that they're like, maybe he cut his cords before he went and he was planning to do this. The coroner had heard about this evidence, but he was saying that if somebody had gloves on, their DNA wouldn't be on it anyway. That's fair.
0: Also, okay, this is just my thought process. One, falling out of 13,000 feet in the sky is a whole thing. But falling 13,000 feet out of the sky, intending to die, it, like that's like, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I don't foresee that being used as like a suicide method.
1: Sure. I mean, most people probably don't have access to that method either, though. But, that's you fair. know, they're looking into this and they're thinking, huh, maybe there's something to it. Um, Some friends had come forward and said that one time he said that if he ever decided to commit suicide, he, quote, wanted to do something amazing, end quote, and had maybe even specifically mentioned jumping out of a plane. I have a hard time putting that much stock into it, only because, like, I say really off-putting things sometimes, and I don't mean it, you know? And the thing they start to question is, like, There's a video of all of this competition. And right before he even goes up to jump, like he's smiling and laughing and joking around with people. And so they don't think he's acting like someone who is ready to go commit suicide.
0: Was there any evidence that he had like said goodbye to family
1: or friends or... There was no note. All his family and friends said they had no inclination that he would be at the point to where he would be committing suicide.
0: I'm struggling to believe this theory. I mean, I can see... Why this is an avenue that police wanted to explore because they were coming up with dead ends when they were looking at you know finding somebody that could have been a part of it but i just like this one seems a little far-fetched for me based on what you're telling me his actions were
1: leading up to this incident sure and you know a lot of people felt the same way even the police like i said immediately were like no this is murder um, they had spoken to Ruth Woodhouse, who had been dating Stephen, and she was saying that, you know, maybe there were some conversations that they talked about, like, true crime or committing the perfect crime based on watching movies and stuff, but she said she didn't have any inclination that he would have wanted to kill himself or even why anyone would want to kill him. She even said something that I thought was interesting. Quote, I honestly don't believe he would have wanted to do something like that or do it skydiving because he would not have wanted to disgrace the sport, end quote. And I think that's really interesting, too. You know, it's something he loves so much. And it's happening during this competition with a lot of people. And I think that's just an interesting take from somebody who was close to him in his life.
0: I didn't even think about the fact that you're right. It it is kind of a disgrace to that sport. It does make that... Sports seem just a little bit more terrifying. Like every person that dies from that is going to deter more and more people from wanting to do it. So that's on my lower list of possible things for this case. It, like at the moment, it seems to me more like somebody else was probably involved. But once again, I mean, I get why that they mm-hmm. decided to explore this avenue. It is it is possible,
1: I guess. And there was pieces that pointed towards that. Let me throw out a little bit more that would point to this being a suicide Apparently, Stephen actually had quite a bit of debt, a lot of that coming from how many times he had jumped and, you know the supplies and materials needed for it. And because of this, he had owed quite a bit of money and had actually had a check bounce for his acad- at his academy where he was training. And on top of that, Apparently, he was kind of struggling with his classes and it was very possible that he was going to fail out.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Those are two things in somebody's life that can point towards suicidal ideations.
1: Yeah, and you know, they're just looking at this and thinking, we kind of have these like two extremes where there's maybe this side that he's feeling like he might be losing his his life at this point. He clearly has this intense love for skydiving and it might be lost but then at the same time everyone's saying you know he seemed fine even before the jump he's laughing he's having fun at the party nothing weird you know and we've always said this you can't truly interpret what anybody's going to be acting like before they want to harm themselves or someone else but it's very interesting to see how many people just immediately took this to be homicide or some type of tampering. They interviewed a ton of people, took a lot of statements, and police really did investigate this with the thought that somebody else was involved. And after the inquest concluded, police have a press release where they state, quote, The forensic findings in conjunction with the findings of the criminal investigation have led police to believe that nobody else is involved in Stephen's death, end quote. And so they're basically saying, we think it was a suicide because we can't get anywhere with this investigation. You know, they tried, they did as much as they could. And the reason this case caught my eye is because I couldn't really track down a lot of information on what's come of this since if his family has lean one way or the other. During the investigation, it was very publicized. There were, you know, it happened, it didn't happen in the US, but there were US news reports on it. And it seemed his family and friends and police all were leaning towards someone else was involved. And to, you know, come up with this, this kind of ending to the story with police saying they don't think anybody else is involved in Steven's death. I feel like part of it is leaving so many questions that are unanswered we have
0: all these cases where we've covered in there's something that we always have to consider and the missing persons and the ones that don't have a whole lot of answers is potential suicide and you know you hear from all these family members and friends obviously that they never would have expected that person to commit suicide or to you know leave on their own accord but then, you know, you have situations where it's confirmed that it was a suicide and you've got family members that were like, I never would have thought that they would have done it. And so it's it's also, you know, in any of these situations, you want what's best for your loved one because you care for them and you don't want to hear the worst possible answers. And so you don't want to hear that there was somebody out to get them that wanted to murder them. And you also don't want to hear that their biggest demons were themselves. Like, that's not, there's not a good... Way to go about that. So, you're, I think, in in any one of these cases from family members, you're always going to hear, like, I never would have thought that my husband or my family member, my loved one would have killed themselves. Or I never would have thought that somebody hated my loved one enough that they would have murdered them. Like, I don't think you're ever going to find somebody who's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me. There's always going to be that, like, why did this happen kind of thing. And there's always going to be little signs that you, I mean, they're not always, there's going to be signs that were missed sometimes
1: and it's just it's not an easy place to be absolutely and you know with all that having that ultimate way of not having any definitive answers on top of all these questions i can't imagine what his family and friends have gone through and since this inquest was completed i haven't seen anything else come up from this case i'm I would be curious to see if something pops up later, if maybe the family still thinks something else happened. My assumption is that maybe they have found some closure with the investigation being as thorough as it was and have maybe moved on from this as much as they can. But at this point, there is no new information regarding Stephen's death. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepot at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.